Florida State absolutely dominates Syracuse at home, leaving Doe Campbell Stadium 41-3. Florida State now on their 12-game winning streak, 6-0 to start the 2023 season, and they get it done. Kind of uh, some sloppy areas here and there. We'll jump into that in just a few, but with me this afternoon is Austin Beasy, our lead basketball writer and our guy doing our game previews this season. Beasy, what do you think about this win? Florida State kind of having some ups and downs. The defense certainly came to play for sure, but um, definitely some things that they can look back on and get better. But they did what they needed to do, and the score sheet absolutely shows it getting away with 41-3. to Yeah, defense was absolutely elite. You held Syracuse to under four yards per play. You had two turnovers, including that greedy Vance interception there at the end. But you also had Joshua Farmer just absolutely blowing up Garrett Schrader uh, early in the first half to give FSU a good field position. Defense play lights out, man. You know, we, we've given them some 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 flack to the first part of the season. There's there's no reason the defense should be catching any slack today. They were outstanding. The offense, I know they ended up scoring 41 points, but that first half was real iffy. A couple questionable play calls. I know we'll get to the, that at one point. Um, it's scary to think of where they'd be without Keon Coleman. There was a lot of reliability on Keon Coleman, and you could just see with Jay Trav not having Johnny Wilson in this game, he had to spread it out quite a bit. But the thing is, Florida State has playmakers at that wide receiver position. You look at Kentron Poitier making his comeback, trying to get the rust off after not being able to start this upcoming season due to this injury. And then also you saw Darian Williamson out there as well, that they were being a, that they were able to utilize Destin Hill, who has seen a lot of playing time his freshman year. He will not be getting that red shirt, obviously, this season. But there was a lot of opportunities for also some tight ends, including Jaheim Bell, who I thought had a really, really good game. It just goes to show something when we were looking at it during this offseason, a player, a tight end with this kind of elusive ability, the talent that he has, it just changes the game. And he can gain you 20, 30 yards. That's just a special talent that he has, VZ. Yeah, Jaheim's special. And you could tell he wasn't even 100% out there because there, there's that one play, I want to say, in the third quarter where he – he got it on the on the right sideline, caught it up, and if he's 100%, he probably takes that to the house and said he gets tackled by the shoelace. Um, but it was good to see him back out there again. Had six targets. Both him and Destin Hill had six targets. I wish Portier had gotten some targets. I really can't remember seeing him out there that much, though. Um, I, I yeah, really, he was out there really blocking for the main you know, for the most part. And he, he was doing a really good job of blocking. I think that was for Jaheim Bell's big catch and run down the right side that right sideline. Um, he's just, he's just got that size, man. He's a really good physical blocker for any kind of screens that you're running. Yeah. And to that point, Hiking Williams is a physical blocker. And finally they rewarded him in the fourth quarter with a, with a catch and he took it to the house. I can't wait to see him get more action, whether that's this season or next season, he's going to be a special player in garden and gold. Yeah. That's one of our first comments here on YouTube talking about the five-star wide receiver, which to me, just stood out immediately what what was his his speed man when we saw that in the spring got to see that in person when I was still you know living in Tallahassee going to those practices and there were some things there that he had to he had to work on and it was mainly conditioning and you know kind of a little of a of a slower start than maybe another guy like Vondravius Jacobs who uh, as another freshman who I think we're going to see a, a good amount of in, in his future but for Hakeem specifically Man, that speed and the move that he put on the DB was nice to see. There's a lot of young talent there. Both I saw in the wide receiver room, but also, you know, near the end there of the game, 
uh, and that defensive backfield with Edwin Joseph, Quindarius Jones making some nice plays there. Quindarius almost coming away with a nice snag. Those those players, we've already we already know what you're getting out of kind of Conrad Hussey right now. So they're the bright. The future is really bright for that defensive back room. But I want to go to you know the start of this game. VZ, I think you and I are deeply aligned here on the play that we the play the game from uh, uh, Shaheem Brown. I thought Shaheem mm-hmm. Brown was kind of everywhere, and I literally said it like out loud here about the comparison with the way that they were using Jamie Robinson. I thought the way that they were able to bring him down in the box, bring him in some blitz packages. Shaheem Brown's a, a good tackler, and they were able to utilize his talent. Yeah, just. A- for Shaheem, they, because of injuries, they've been having to play him more as that deep safety, and I don't feel like that's really his role. He's always been that guy that can make plays. <laughs> he made some plays today, seven tackles, one-and-a-half sacks, one-and-a-half tackles for loss, and a breakup. I mean, he's been outstanding. The emergence of Conrad Hussey allows you to do that, where you could put Shaheem in the box as a pseudo third linebacker, let Akeem Dent or Conrad Hussey play on the back end of that defense, and you can tell it made an impact. That defense was flying around the football field today. Shaheem Brown was everywhere throughout the game and you know like you just said and like i tweeted earlier it's a very jamie like role for shaheem and it's perfect for him Mm -hmm, it was and also too joshua farmer was really disruptive up the middle as well Mm -hmm. yep and now you're like uh is there gonna be a joshua farmer next year you know he's gonna have a lot of things that he's gonna look into and see what kind of tape he put on for some nfl scouts but yeah joshua farmer has had a really solid season that's just you know, that's a that's a tough tandem. Whoever's next to him, if it's Fisk, if it's Fabian Lovett, you know, he, he's by far, though, I see I, I feel like has excelled and, and has stood out the most, you know, on the inside there, um, you know, and also too on the outside as your pass rushers with Pat Payne. That man knows how to deflect. I feel like he's learning from uh, T.J. Watt in Pittsburgh. He is just batting down balls left and right. And it's actually, they're, they're big plays. They're big plays being mm-hmm. made by him. And he's doing that on a consistent basis week by week. It said he, it said he only has two pass pickups. I feel like he had three or four because he was just getting his hands up so much. And like you just said, it was always on an impact play. Whether it was a key third down or they had a receiver open across the middle of the field. There was Pat Payton standing right in the middle to bat it down. I wish they'd get after the quarterback a little bit more and get home. But you can't, you can't argue with these results. Allow him just three points. No, I'm going to the running game here with uh, Trey Benson. Overall, you know, Lawrence Tofilly getting the most yards on the day, having that big break open touchdown run 50 yards, but then also Trey Benson able to collect 14 carries on 74 yards, averaging about 5.3. So that's something that Florida State wants to continue to see rise there and have the consistency. But you could see the lackluster and, and until those changes were made VZ in that second half, the offensive line, just just didn't really come to play, it felt like, in the beginning of the game. But, you know, just looking at the running game here, we saw those two main guys. We saw a little bit of C.J. Campbell here and there. And, you know, Keziah Holmes had one at the latter half uh, of the game. But uh, those two, Lawrence Tofilly and Trey Benson, were able to find find some grooves. But you got to imagine, man, they, that offensive line needs to go back and look at tape where, you know, there was some some fits where they couldn't handle it and they couldn't get the run game going in some, in some regard. And, you know, sometimes it's up to the, the – up to the runner and like Trey Benson or Lawrence to a Philly, but just wasn't so pretty to start off the game and up, up front in the trenches. I mean, Syracuse has a very aggressive front seven, even these last two games against Clemson and North Carolina, which haven't been the most competitive. They still allowed, you know, right at or right under four yards per carry for those offenses. And, you know, Carolina put up 40 points. 
to me, for Florida State to go out here and put up well over five yards per carry, to me, that's a win. And you can get prepared for an even more physical front four next week against Duke. Also, can we talk about this Jordan Travis stat line? For just rushing. The most outlandish thing I've ever seen. Seven attempts for negative five yards and two touchdowns is weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, not used to seeing that. I mean, it goes to show, you know, they were able to get back there. And if he tucks it, you know, he takes that tackle for loss. And uh, there there was some times there and, you know, he went down again. You know, we, yep. it's crazy. We overlooked this now, but we're so used to it. it. Happened last year. It's happened all throughout his career where he has that shoulder. He's not moving it. He has to go to the locker room. And then we see him back out uh, coming into the second half. But luckily, he seemed to be completely fine in that in the latter half of the game, which was good for Florida State. I don't think there's anyone in Florida State's history that's had more cortisone shots over their career than, than Jordan Travis. Um, it's just it seems like it's every game at this point. But he was much better in the second half. The first half, there was some throws that he missed on. Like there's the one that stands out was that one to Jaheim Bell down the middle of the field. He absolutely had him and just overthrew him by three or four yards in that first quarter. Um, there was one throw to Kyle Morlock in the flat where he just completely sailed the throw. So he's still got to get some things touched up. I didn't always love the reads, but at least he was spreading the ball around for a while. It wasn't looked like he was because Keon Coleman had as many targets as the rest of the team. But then he finally started Destin Hill. He finally started Darian Williamson. Um, Marquise and Douglas got involved on a couple of screens. So he was getting guys involved. The deep ball finally connected with Keon Coleman for a big touchdown. So he was better, but he still needs to get a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's some things that, you know, we were looking at the red zone and that's something I was tweeting about. You know, you don't have to get all cute and pretty there. You know, utilize what you have. You've got some talent there and you don't need to. I didn't like the whole shotgun wildcat when you're on fourth and one, whatever, fourth and two. I don't I don't like that at all. You know, I understand what Syracuse brings up front, but you've got to really if you're going to go to an ACC championship, you're going to, you know, next weekend. I mean, you're going to face a really talented front seven physical Duke uh, team. If you don't feel like you can do that against Syracuse and you're in for a, a different treat uh, coming up in this next weekend when Florida state plays in a primetime matchup. But uh, I, I just did not like that play call. There are a few other things too, in the red zone where you saw that get cleaned up there in the second half and you saw Trey Benson using his physicality. And then you saw J Trav take it on his own and read it. Well, uh, I would really like to see J-Trap do that more, not even on the goal line as much. Do it more definitely in the red zone area and gain that extra five, six yards. That could go a long way in keeping the put points up on the board. I think Florida State, I think Dustin tweeted it, but 22 consecutive drives while in the red zone, while you're in the red zone, uh, putting points on the board. That got completely scratched when Florida State wasn't able to convert on that fourth and wildcat play that I think, you know, Mike Norvell's going to look back and have some regrets on. Yeah, that that red zone situation was weird because you get the ball at the four yard line from an outstanding play by Josh Farmer and Jared Verse. The first play was an end around to do span, which I, you know I like that we talked about spreading this Syracuse defense horizontally and span got a couple yards out of it. The next play should have been a touchdown. It hit Morlock in the hands, it falls to the ground. That's to me that's one that has to be caught. The third and fourth down plays are inexcusable. I think at least one of those plays you have to just hand it off to Trey Benson and let him use his physicality, and you don't. Is selling that fourth down, you just end up selling it out of the end zone because there's nothing open. And to your point about that fourth and one play, I don't know what was happening because the play call came in late. It ends up Jordan Travis is going out wide. I don't know if the blocking got messed up in the middle because it got, it was pulled right and Jaheim Bell just runs straight up the middle. Novell was upset. Travis was upset. I don't know if that's miscommunication from 
Travis to Norvell on the play call. I don't know, but it, I don't know if that was exactly the play that was called. Either way, I'd never want to see it again. To be sure, is your best player. You got to have the ball in his hands. Yeah, I don't like the big – when you got the big boy package, why are you in shotgun with it? You had Marquise and Douglas. You also had Preston Daniel and there. You had Jaheim Bell. And then you also had DJ Lundy also and there. Why yeah. are we stepping away from the goal – or from the uh, uh, from the line of scrimmage when you can utilize that, that amount of, of uh, weight and everybody, you know, the big boys? And I don't know. That just didn't make sense to me whatsoever. And, you know, they had to um, – Sadly, had to deal with it, and they ended up not getting the, the conversion. So that definitely stunk, and I know Twitter was not so happy about that and you know, wasn't happy at all going into the halftime because Florida State, you know, there's some chances where they could put these games away earlier, and they don't decide to, and they kind of let teams hang in, and it's Syracuse too. You know, they just couldn't get anything going offensively. Schrader was, you know, trying to find some yards on the ground on his own. You know, you could definitely tell that they were trying to utilize him in some different ways. But, uh, you know, I don't think Syracuse really brought their best game uh, on Saturday as well. But, you know, Florida State's still 535 yards. Syracuse only grabbing 261, uh, 344 on the air for the Seminoles, 191 rushing in total. Uh, some kind, definitely some penalties that they shouldn't have done to themselves either, Weird too, penalties. Austin. I know you're tweeting about it, but, you know, punting and then you get the, you get the delay of game which sometimes happens, but then you also get a false start, just pushing yourself back even more and even more, just some undisciplined things that you want to clean up going into next because you just can't have those kind of little things whenever you're facing the Blue Devils on Saturday night. Yeah, you had six penalties, and I want to say either four or five of them were on special teams, and that's just not excusable. Um, yeah, that delay of the game, which happens a lot on punts, so you can get that extra five yards, but I don't even know if it was purposeful because Jordan Travis and the offense took so long to come off the field. Then you get the false start, but then more or Master Mono puts off a bomb, fifty-one yards with three Syracuse players right in his face, still down inside the twenty. Um, you had Hussey with two fouls on one play with the holding and the face mask on a long Keon Coleman punt return. Luckily, Coleman was able to get another one. You know, yeah. uh, we could sit here and take a lot of negatives away, but overall, it's you know it's a forty-one to three win against the ACC opponent. We would have killed for that two years ago. Heck, we were fighting mm-hmm. for bowl eligibility just a couple years ago, and here we are, October 14th, already bowl eligible. So, yep. Uh, Keon Coleman, 140 yards. 140 yards. Dustin almost got it. He talked about it on the podcast last, uh, earlier this week about getting 150 yards, just 10 yards off. I'm sure we'll be hearing about that on the show, but uh, that one handed grab highlight tape uh, does. Yeah, that was nasty. Des Bryant showing some love as well. That was pretty cool. It was. I mean, that's that's as good of a catch as you will ever see. Just catching the ball basically behind his head because of how hard the ball was thrown. That's that's Keon Coleman for you, though. We've been saying all season he's a freak. And between that and that long 70-plus-yard punt return late in the game, he showed some special things for someone that 6'4", 220. Um, and there's a very good reason he's going to be very high draft pick, more than likely in it. Uh, come April or May. Yeah, I think we're skinning some scrutiny here in the comments about just talking about the knit and picking stuff. But I'll be honest with you. I know a lot of FSU fans this whole offseason, very hyped 
you know, national championship caliber team, definitely the ACC championship. But there's some things that Florida State does need to do to clean up in order to get to that point. Um, you know, it's all sure. you know, fun and games and stuff. But when you go back and look at film, there's some things that need to be cleaned up because there are some better teams in college football right now than Florida State. And, you know, there's some things that if they fix that, then they get to that that top tier and they're not far away at it from it at all, but there is some things that need to be, uh, that need to be cleaned up and they can do so. But a 41 to three win is absolutely uh, great. The defense came to show up. I like the way that Shaheen Brown was playing uh, Pat Payton as well. Uh, Jared verse was bringing a lot of pressure, you know, not going to show up crazy on the stat line, but you could tell he was in the backfield quite a bit causing Schrader to run and scramble. But, uh, that this this defense came to play. It was good to see Tatum Bethune out there fully. You know, you could tell maybe not fully in his group, but he made a play. Um, you know, and we've already talked about that defensive back room. Fentrell Cypress, I think, allowed one well, one pretty good pass there from Syracuse. But none other than that, though, he had a lot of PBUs. A lot of defensive backs had PBUs. I felt like I was tweeting that left and right throughout this afternoon. But defensive backs, for the most part, and then you saw Greedy Vance there at the end seal it off with that interception. Yeah, both Fentrell and Renardo allowed one big play. Like, F- Renardo had that one down the sideline on the offside call where, you know, it's going to happen offside, so they're going to throw a deep ball. But other than that, the corners were really, really good. And when you're playing two receivers that are, you know, 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", you know, the, the, those are going to cause issues. And for the most part, Florida State handled them basically as well as they could have. Syracuse couldn't get anything going in the passing game, just 12 of 31 between all the court, between all the passing attempts. For just 137 yards, you live with that for sure. Yep, 100%. Uh, Florida State puts up 17 points in the fourth quarter, too, as well. Not stopping. Uh, Rodemaker got into the game as well. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see him and then obviously connecting with Hakeem Williams. An absurd but... pass rating, by the way, 517. <laughs> how is that? How is that calculated? <laughs> I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works. Uh, but yeah, Rodemaker, which we'll have to see going into you know 2024, we'll see a little bit more of uh, Rodemaker. But whenever his time is to come in, he takes care of the ball, and you could just tell he's been able to run this system behind Mike Norvell, and now with Tony Tokars as a quarterbacks coach. Um, but yeah, some some good stuff there. But I, I really want to highlight Jaheim Bell and his play, and like you were saying, I don't know if he's fully 100, percent but you could just tell you know what he's able to do in this offense is exactly what Mike Norvell wanted whenever he was recruiting him hard, and you know get got that chance of coming to visit Tallahassee, and I don't think it took too long before he envisioned himself in this offense, and uh, really really efficient once you get him clicking, man, it's it's such a huge help definitely when you're missing Johnny Wilson and this game, which is worth mentioning too, uh, that, that played a factor in what Florida State wanted to do offensively because of Wilson and how much of an impact he brings to this offense on a week-to-week basis. And I want to see him get the ball even more. You know, I know he had four catches. I know he had a rush attempt, but to me, Jaheim Bell is too talented to only get five touches in a game where you're missing Johnny Wilson. I know some of these other receivers were dropping passes. That's one of the things that definitely has to be cleaned up, but, you know, let Jaheim eat. He's talented. He's a freak. Even even on a day where he's not 100%, he's still a plus athlete, and that, that just shows you how much of a freak athlete he is. Get him eight to 10 touches. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Randy here from Facebook talking about Jaheim Bell, the great block on Lawrence to Philly's run. That's something that Florida state has done a good job the last couple of years. And you look at uh, some of the youngsters, it was Malik McLean during his freshman year, but now it's guys like Hakeem Williams that are out there 
making these blocks and allowing for uh, big yardage, if not touchdowns, extending these plays. But this time, uh, this was for Lawrence to a Phillies run with Jaheim Bell. This team, you know, is not selfish. You know, they you, you could see, I loved seeing whenever Hakeem Williams scored, you're seeing the whole entire team yep. almost go over there into the end zone and celebrate with him. You know, there's just no selfishness. And you love seeing that out of a team. And it's something that Florida State and Mike Norvell has been trying to build in that locker room and build that culture. You know, not all about me. You know, we, we want to help. And the biggest goal is just getting away with the win and you know florida state has uh, been able to do that 12 times in a row now which was that hakeem play was fantastic i mean he took a wide receiver screen and just scooped it past everybody i didn't know he had that kind of scoot to him but uh -huh. he he outran a couple of people he put a juke on the safety 20 yards downfield that freed up the rest of the run it was an outstanding play by hakeem uh i'm really excited about that race that wide receiver room if if guys can you know hang on to the Football, granted, Trey Benson, I think, had three of those drops. Um, but I'm really excited about the potential of that entire room. Me too. Me too. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that really uh, stands out here as much. Um, I'm trying to think. Still three of four in the red zone. We already talked about that and how they didn't go four of four. But, um, you know, didn't see Rodney Hill in this game. Saw Kazai Holmes. Saw some C.J. Campbell. It's an early run, too. That C.J. Campbell run came in the first quarter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, C.J. Campbell, someone that I think Mike Norvell, they trust him quite a bit and running this system as well. And, you know, we've seen him be a really highlight star in the spring in these fall camps. So someone that I think Coach Yak, Florida State's running backs coach, you know, likes to rely on. And um, it feels like C.J. Campbell's pretty responsible with the ball in his hands. So. And understanding the playbook. So CJ Campbell gets in there uh, before, you know, Kaziah Holmes. But I, I would like to see more Kaziah Holmes. I don't know how much we're going to see of him this this year. It's going to be kind of like whenever these games go down, and definitely with Rodney Hill, the, the, the flashes that he's shown. But Florida State still got that talent in the running back room. Just a couple things they can clean up in the in the run game and up front. Uh, they're going to have to face another physical front next weekend. So there's a lot of things, at least optimistically, you can look forward to with maybe Johnny Wilson being a go. Uh, as well, which will help this offense uh, click maybe even better too. But, uh, you know, just some things here and there that, you know, you definitely, definitely love leaving, uh, love leaving games where you, you win by this amount. Uh, you'll take that any day of the week, definitely whenever teams are going to try to give you uh, their best shot on Saturday afternoon. For sure. And Duke's got a really talented front four. I know I mentioned it earlier, but you know, that, that game against Notre Dame is the only only team they've let score even 20 points. And even that, Notre Dame had to scrap tooth and nail to get there. You know, that offensive line is going to have to come to play, and hopefully Darius Washington's good to go. Hopefully Bless Harris is good to go. Uh, they're going to need all those bodies because, you know, if, if Florida State wants to extend their 30-plus point streak, they're going to have they're going to have some issues next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be a physical matchup, which I'm really excited for. This will be a nighttime Doe Campbell Stadium, it will be rocking. I think Florida State shows up to these kind of caliber games, VZ and prime yeah, time. And for sure. uh, I, I think, you know, now get out of these noon games, get out of these 330s. Florida State has been having to deal with the last couple of weeks before the bye week, whenever they went and faced Clemson in Death Valley. Florida State will be at home for this, uh, and it should be a jam-packed. Doe Campbell Stadium will riled up uh, Tallahassee after you give them a couple of hours to drink. It should be it should be pretty loud early on 
in Tallahassee. We're still waiting. We should be hearing soon, but still waiting on that exact time. But we do know it's in between that 730 and 8 o'clock time slot, either going to be ABC slash ESPN or going to be on that ACC network. But, I'm, you know, it's pretty high chance that we're going to see ABC. Uh, yeah, just the way the season's gone. They yeah. love putting Florida State on ABC. Florida State's getting the views in. Might as well keep yeah. it rolling. And against Duke, who's pretty good, and I, I can't imagine they'll fall to NC State tonight. Um, it should be a good matchup next week. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I'm really looking forward to previewing this. Hopefully we'll be able to grab uh, a guest on who maybe give us some better insight too. And we've got to keep an eye out now on Riley Leonard and his, his availability for the Blue Devils. That's going to play a massive factor. But I think probably VZ, you and I haven't really tuned in crazy to uh, Duke side of things and their camp. But uh, I, I would not be shocked whatsoever to see Riley Leonard be a full go against Florida oh, State. It just I'm, seems I'm like that's just going to happen no matter what. Yeah, I'm expecting it. He's he's got he's got some crazy toughness, and mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I know how his ankle's feeling. But I have to I have to imagine he's thinking, you know, next week's my best chance to put on some stuff for the scouts. So I'm expecting him. Yep, would not be shocked, and that's where Florida State's pass rush has got to show up. And, you know, they've, we've seen them been able to do that, and that's a good thing. And I think it's going to be a, a really fun really fun game and a good test for Florida State after six games, showing that they can still show up and play. And, you know, health will be a big thing. We'll keep an eye out on a few players, like you were saying earlier, with Darius Washington, who's ended up being one of Florida State's most reliable and talented offensive lineman this upcoming season. He's your hybrid. He can do center, guard, tackle. You know, that's just someone that you don't want to have not be able to uh, go on this next Saturday uh, and a few other guys, of course. And, you know, we're really going to keep a close eye on Johnny Wilson. So we'll see. Anything else from you on your end before we pop off out of here? Got a lot of college football coming up here soon. We actually got Oregon and Washington going right now. We got to go watch that. Really, the only thing I'll say is I was kind of surprised by some of Syracuse's coaching decisions. Like Dino Babers deciding to kick when it was, what, 27 to 3. To me, a kick doesn't matter there at all, and they end up missing, so it doesn't matter. They pulled their quarterback really early. I thought there were some other chances early in the game where they could have been more aggressive. To me, it just felt like Syracuse didn't want to win the football game from the get go, and Florida State was able to take advantage of it there at the end, and you take those. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, that's what I was saying earlier. I just Syracuse kind of showed up in a weirder way than I had imagined. But you know what? You know, you Florida State's defense came to play, and I think too. I just looking at want to go back and watch some of the film. But Florida State's defensive back room had to be used quite a bit in this game uh, because Syracuse wasn't able to find much at all on the ground. So uh, they had a long day, but they did what they needed to do. And Florida State, man, just explosive, explosive, explosive on offense, something that we saw a lot of last year. And it just goes to show Jordan Travis, once he's able to spread out the ball quite a bit, these guys have a lot of one-on-one chances. And you'll take a lot of one-on-one chances with Destin Hill, Keon Coleman, when Johnny Wilson comes back. Um, even whenever you can get going with Ja'Kai Douglas and you saw later on in the game, even though there's some backups, but Hakeem Williams, the way that he can play, he's looked back at tape from Hakeem Williams whenever he's in high school. He did that on a week to week or play by play basis there yep. and down in South Florida. So uh, a lot of talent surrounding Jordan Travis seems like he's going to be okay, which is good. And that's going to be one hell of a matchup uh, that we'll be previewing on Wednesday of next week at 7 p.m. As always, you can listen listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now hanging out with us, feel free to hit that like button before you bounce out of here. Subscribe so you get notified every time we release 
a new episode or a post practice interview. We've got a lot of shorts going out there as well, but I truly do appreciate everybody hanging out with us for our instant reaction. We will see you guys next Wednesday as we preview a big time potential top 15 matchup between Florida state and Duke, the blue devils. Everybody have a great rest of y'all's weekend. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.